Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to the Donna and Steve experience on My Talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, what's your name again? I almost called you Steve. Tommy. Tommy Boy. Tommy. <laughs> It's the Donna and Tommy. That works. That's a better ring to it, I think. Yeah. Let's, let's get, get on that. Can we get Tommy on the show? Oh, good. <laughs> you know what? I was looking at the name Tom Holland mm. because he and Zendaya were the, the king and queen of the MTV uh, movie and TV awards last night. Oh, I didn't know that they made this and TV awards, too. I guess that I'm sure that happened sometime in the last 15 years that I haven't watched MTV. But Isn't it used to be the on? MTV Movie Awards. They'd give out the popcorn, the golden popcorn. Then it was Music Video Awards. Oh, the VMAs were just like appointment viewing when I was in high school. Ah, square. Um, but, you know, I dabbled a little bit. I saw it and I went, oh, let me just check and see what they're doing. But they were doing weird categories at that point and I didn't really care too much. But, I, you know, in my dabblings... Uh, I can tell you that best movie went to Spider-Man No Way Home. I And you know what? They do a really good job with the production of this show. Really? The way they show all of the, um, the nominees. nominees, real, like, slick and produced and super cool. Um, best show went to Euphoria. Uh, let's see. I'm just trying to look for like some of the like. The How babies. about Best Kiss? Best Kiss went to Poopies and the Snake. That's this right. from Jackass Forever. What does that mean? It means he had to kiss a snake. Who's Poopies? Poopies. Oh, Poopies, the guy who almost got killed by the sharks. Remember? Poopies oh. is b- abused a lot in this. Don't you think he? Oh, poor Poopies. I'm not yeah, even going to Google that... Poopies. Right the other now. guy. The other guy. The the heavy guy. That guy, they're so mean to him. Oh, they're mean to him. They're mean to someone else. It wasn't Steve-O this time that really got a lot of it. It was it was a blonde guy. Huh. I'll have to look through yeah. the cast. And then there's he a got girl. A lot of it. Oh, she was fantastic. There's a female on the show, too, on the movie. Huh. Anyway, but so, um, oh, let's do a couple of, uh, th- th- this is what people are talking about. So Vanessa Hudgens was the host of the show, and apparently every time she would deliver a line, she would giggle afterwards. So we have a montage. Check this out. I'm always still watching. (laughs) He said, yeah, real high. (laughs) She loves (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeehaw. (laughs) Happy Pride. (laughs) A lot more cleavage. (laughs) And fabulous. What's that in which? It's my kind of show. Yes, sir. Not really my style, but trust. Indeed. indeed. I'm going to come find you and give you a hug. I mean, oh my gosh, she probably has no idea that she was doing that. Oh, gosh. Oh, that's funny. That was a painful thing. And we all do stupid stuff like that. And if you had a montage of, like, if I had a montage of myself, 
Believe me, Steve's working on one of me. Yeah, yes, I am. <laughs> Shooting just, down everything enthusiastic. That he has would to be say. very enjoyable. <laughs> I have heard you deny any of his comedy. Oh my gosh! Well, it happened. So we're you know in the office putting the podcast together after the show, and so we're listening live. And Donna and I truly. Far and away, our biggest fans. We're sitting there and we're just <laughs> laughing at everything that we say. We're like, you hear this? How, how do we even get through the show saying something so entertaining? But there were multiple times that I was going through last week and I would say something along the lines of, oh my gosh, that reminds me of an incredible story that I had. This when I was eight. <laughs> do you want to hear it? And then she, not really. And then Stevie Boy goes again, isn't this an incredible song? I'm getting chills listening to it. Boring. Okay, moving on. DJ Rock Lobster. And That's then we're like, great. maybe there's a, I think there's a thing here. So yeah, we could Vanessa um, Hudgens, Donna. We're Yeah, efforting. we're working on it. I love that about you guys. <laughs> it's one of the greatest things. And sometimes I feel like I am not allowing Donna to do her comedy routine <laughs> and being the no man. Oh, not no. the straight man, but the rejection person. Because that's <laughs> yeah, she's what makes not even the good. straight man. And if You're I right. laugh at Steve, I'm not allowing that comedy to flow. Yeah, yes. so I try to be conscious of it. Oh, Don, don't be laugh for you me, not, please. I can't fit into this. I can't <laughs> mess with it. <laughs> oh, oh, Steve says, expect- please laugh at me. Yes, yes, please do. Yeah. And we I'm like, like please don't encourage him. Oh, yeah. gosh. Oh, I have to tell you, speaking of please don't encourage him, I would just tell on myself. So super social weekend that we had, okay? Really social. We missed the VMA or the MTV Movie Awards, but you'll be proud of me, Donna. Let me explain my Friday and Saturday to you, okay? Okay. Friday night, uh, impromptu, Stevie Boy, clanging and banging, whatever. Body don't build itself. And then Lou says, hey, um, Katie and Brett, our friends, want to have us over for pizza, Want to go? It's like, great, I'll meet you there. I'm coming home from the gym. So then we go, we hang out with them. Lovely time. You know, and quick, too. It was like an hour and a half, two hours. We're doing pizza, whatever. Boom, go home. Next morning, graduation party. Then, graduation party turns to, uh, we have friends from Texas who were in town. Why do I feel like this is turning into tree talk? Come on over. It will in a moment. Come on over. Now we have Texas friends. We wrap up Saturday night with a bonfire with neighbors across the street. I mean, my Friday night to Saturday night had technically four different social situations. But I will take you back to the graduation party. And I had a uh, neighbor who said, Steve, can I introduce you to uh, my sister-in-law? She, you know, watched the show and listens to you on the radio. And I said, oh, my gosh, yeah, absolutely. So go over. She introduces herself. And uh, my neighbor said something about my yard. You know, we're two yards away. And he mentioned something. She said, oh, yeah, I know. I, I listen. And that's when I thought, wait a minute. This is a prime opportunity for me to do my first and very likely only ever tree tour with a listener. (gasps) Stevie Boy takes her over. Doesn't even give her a choice. I'm just like, here, let me take you on a walk. We go. We cut across the middle yard. We get to my yard. And then I'm pointing out the trees. And these are the aspens. These are the willows. These are the poplars. Look at the row of trees that I've done. Do you see how I have this row effect? And I actually became self-aware, Donna, a touch too late. Midway through me showing her, I thought... She fell asleep. I don't think she wants to be doing this right now. I think she's probably thinking, I just wanted to say hi quick. I have a graduation party that my nephew is graduating from, and now I'm hostage in your yard as you show me these baby trees. Mm -hmm. Now she knows how I feel. Awkward. Every day (laughs) for three hours. Oh, man. I was so excited, though. When I found out she knew about the trees, I was like, well, then you got to see them. Come, I'll show you. 
I actually introduced Tree Talk on the morning show. Oh boy! One day and <laughs> last week, which oh, was the clip I was going to play for you guys. Was it the intro? Yeah. The intro that we run for mine, or did you have your own Tree Talk no, that I you were st- talking I about? I started merging into Tree Talk. Oh no! How did? How was it responded to? They didn't know what happened, and I did it for you guys. <laughs> thank you, Don. Don, thank you. And I'll pull it up at some point this hour. Just right. to yes. Hear, okay. Like, great. A minute of it, and how yes. smooth the transition was. Yes. I didn't play the open, but someone pointed out to me um, that you did Tree Talk. That. They're like, hey, you just did tree talk on Jason and Alexis. And I'm like, yes. oh, no, I planned it. Sounds That's like we're amazing. getting bumped up to a prime time time slot. Well, I love the way you just glossed over everything I was going to talk about today. And the oh, MTV no. Awards, but that's all I thought right. we were talking about. Play the fine. Jack Black? No, no, it's too late now. Oh, geez. Now we've upset her right from the beginning. It's fine. No, we'll get to it later. All right. We'll later. We will, for sure. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Uh, it is a Monday, hour three. We've got Money Monday. Apple, they're about to make apparently a big shift away from iPhones into something else. We'll tell you about that. 10.30, we're going to play the College of Pop Culture Knowledge. When we come back, we will wake your brain up with some things that make you go, huh? During the first two years of the pandemic, a new blank was made every 30 hours. See if you can figure it out. I'll tell you when we come back. Donna and Steve on my talk. I'm still levitated. I'm hey, good morning. Welcome back. Appreciate you guys listening to the Donna and Steve show on my talk 1071, where talk is fun. Very fun. Fun vocal additions, Thanks a lot, Donna. Steve. Thanks for recognizing we're my talent. Off to a hot start. You and me here this week. Don't forget we're on until Friday. Take the weekend off, and then we come back on Monday. Ah, sorry, my promos are getting bad. (laughs) During the first two years of the pandemic, a new blank was made every 30 hours. Um, baby. Wow! Mask. Wow! That's good. Every 30 minutes? 30 hours. That would not be the production that that we need. That would be a really great mask. Uh, never mind, I take that <laughs> Gertrude, back. did you finish the mess Bagel. Yet? There is a hint within today's show in hour three. Dollar. Okay. Money. During the first Currency. two years of the pandemic, a new billionaire was made every 30 hours. What? In all, 573 of the world's richest people became billionaires during those two years. Mm. Wow. Wow. Off the backs of uh, the people yeah. that are suffering. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, think like if you were in uh, working for, I don't know, Johnson & Johnson mm-hmm. or Pfizer. <laughs> Compared to our body size... Humans have the biggest butts in the animal kingdom. Oh. <laughs> so if you look at the size of our butts compared to just our overall body size, because auto- automatically, if I say big butt animal, first animal comes to mind is what? Baboon. Okay. No, I would say horse. Oh. Elephant. Or an, a gorilla. Mm. Baboons oh, elephants have good. big red butts. Yeah. They are gross. But think of the hindquarters of a horse. Yeah, yeah very right. muscular. Too. And you yeah. just want to, honest to goodness, and this isn't weird, you just want to slap it, right? Yeah, because You want to slap it to feel the meat of it and just like, look at this. Yeah, I agree. For sure. 
Don, get your mind like, out I of like, the gutter. Don, come on, man. I like to smack my... Um, oh. No, no, no. I like to smack... Oh. Let me TMI, rephrase. TMI. No, let me rephrase. I like to smack meat before I smoke it. Okay. okay. All right. All right. No, guys, I'm being serious. If I have a big, thick oh, steak, yeah. I want or a prime rib or like a brisket, I do want it. There is something satisfying about slapping it down onto the cutting board and then just smacking it. And it makes a very satisfying sound. Okay. Anybody? No. Nine twenty-one. You had me with the horse. <laughs> you have to meet the horse. No, you had me with the horse, but uh, not with the slices of like beef chunks of meat. Yeah. Checking some sort of is this like? Are you creating a log for audio that will be used as future evidence in a what for am I, sure court I, case? No, it's fine. I just have to it's send not, an email to Rocco. Jeez, oh, <laughs> I mean, you know, I needed you guys to stand with me there. Have you never smacked? meat before you've made it no like a what if you get like a big round ball it just of keeps ground? getting better don just stick with it <laughs> no i'm just saying what if you get a big like round if, ball, if it's ground beef left a piece of meat before you ate it <laughs> i'm gonna encourage you today if you have any meat at your house slap it before yes and you'll before see exactly you what i'm talking it. about before you make it slap it <laughs> but just a little it's like you know bop it twist it <laughs> twist it yeah, slap it, it. yeah <laughs> i play that but with the meat that i smoke oh boy yeah you're tenderizing it i'm not with even doing hand. it no but i'm not even doing it to tenderize it i really am doing it just because the the it is a satisfying. This is part of your obsessive compulsive disorder. It no might shame. be no, no shame. shame. No, but it's not that. I just want to smack it, and I want it to, <laughs> like, like. Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna clap for you right now. Okay, here's a, here's a bad clap. A nice way to smack the meat, though, would sound like. Did you hear that? <laughs> Donna, come stop. on! Just stop <laughs> giving us radio gold. <laughs> Find a nickel for every time. Pulled me aside for another review. Stop giving us the gold, man. <laughs> All right, whatever. You guys are immature and no one cares it's about fine. smoking meat. Buddy Holly spelled his... I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Last name H-O-L-L-E-Y. But his first record label left out the E on his contract and the misspelled version of his name stuck. So now he's Buddy Holly, H-O-L-L-Y, all because of a misprint. Aw, that happens. More meat news. When Outback Steakhouse was started in Tampa in 1988, none of its four founders had ever been to Australia. Oh, no. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> you know, I just tell you, if you took me to an Outback right now, I would be such a happy person. So I haven't good. been Outback in years. Me either. I would do the Bloomin' Onion. I would like some sort of steak. 
How about, you know, they make mashed potatoes pretty great at restaurants. I don't know what they're doing over there. Okay. It's butter and garlic. <laughs> Yummy. Oh, we're only two days away, by the way, from uh, Wednesday Cleanse Day. Don't forget. Mm, yeah, I don't know about that. The average person at the Louvre only spends 15 seconds looking at the Mona Lisa. No way. I wonder if it's because of the crowd. And the small, I would think, though, the small size of the Mona Lisa in person, it would be like sold as Target artwork. It's like 24 by 36 or something like that. You would think just the size disappointment alone would have you wanting to look at it longer. Yeah. Yeah, you'd want to look for details. I feel like it was just defaced recently. I think it With was. a piece of cake, yes. But cake. it's yes. just covered in glass, so who cares? Oh, okay. Because somebody defaced it earlier, and they're like, we have to cover this with glass now. Somebody, like, in the 80s or something. People can't be trusted. Yeah, it was a 36-year-old climate activist in Paris facing charges after smearing cake on the Mona Lisa on Sunday. That's a shame. Well, thanks, Steve. Steve, you you. actually finished a show. Oh, my gosh. We tore through it. I hear it's so good. Stranger Things is in our rearview mirror and we cannot wait for more. Oh, I'm excited oh to hear all about this. Yeah. And you uh finished something too. I well not exactly. Good morning. Welcome back. Appreciate you guys listening to the Donna and Steve experience on my talk 1071 everything entertainment. Steve, I'm very impressed by your progress. Thank you, Donna. You're are you welcome. talking about the gym? What are you talking about? No, I'm talking oh. about you finishing Stranger Things already. Yeah, we got it done. I heard it's great. Within a week, I guess, like nine days. Um, you know, we started it sometime last weekend. And remember when I told you that Stranger Things season four, don't worry, no spoilers, started leaning pretty horror. Like the show started a little more creepy with horror elements. Yes. This one seemed horror with creepy elements. I'm happy to report that I I think on the whole, after the first episode or two where they try to hit you in the face with like, here's a new thing that you're going to witness. And that was pretty intense. It does feel, I, I, I had this conversation with Lou last night. I said, did it dial back? It feels like it dialed back or did we get desensitized? I'm not sure. Totally. Oh, it could be a combo. I think it's probably a combination of the two, but it was, it was just so well done. And I mentioned this to you last week, Donna, that even by the end of the second episode, certainly episode three, of which there are seven episodes in season four, volume one. Volume two comes out July 1st. In volume one, the shortest episode, I believe, is an hour and four minutes. I think the longest episode is an hour and 40 minutes, which was last night's episode. It's oh, a full wow. movie. It's like a movie. Oh, my gosh. And then the volume two that's going to come out in July, the final episode, I think, is in the neighborhood of two and a half hours. I'm not sure the length of the uh, penultimate episode. But even from just a few episodes in, it already started to feel like a season finale. The whole season sort of felt like a season finale episode because, let me make a stretch comparison here. Oh, boy. You know in soap operas like Days of Our Lives, for instance, Mm -hmm. when they keep jumping back... And 
when they get to a sweet spot, usually somewhere midsummer, when they know the kids are home too, and now they're sitting watching with their mom or dad during the day. I'm thinking of children of the '90s during hashtag Marlena's demonic phase. Everything that they went to in days of our lives in the '90s, mid '90s, was great. I was like, "Well, what's Sammy up to? Stefano, that bastard. Where's John?" It was everything they went to. I was interested in, and it felt like it was all building. So now my stretch comparison with Stranger Things: every there are multiple storylines happening at the same time in different places, and each one in a sense, feels like it's got equal stakes to it. And all of the stakes seem very high. And so you jump out of one thing, and then you're like, oh, shoot, well, wait, so where are we with this? And then they do two minutes on that, and then you jump to another thing, and you're like, oh, frick, where are we with you this? You know what it, I thought you were going to relate it to was... Um, I'm sure I could have related it to something this better. This is us. Also that. You, that might have been... <laughs> This is us, but with, uh, you know, demonic underworlds or upside downs, all of that. But yes, in a similar way that everything is sort of weaving into each other. There's like parallel storytelling. And there's no wasted scene. That's how I would best describe Stranger Things season four so far is sometimes there's a scene in just about every show where I'm thinking, okay, we didn't need that. But even... If you had to call them weaker scenes simply by comparison, even those are plot building and they're pushing the story forward and you want to know. And and it never belabors one given point for too long a period of time. And I'll just say this. By the time you finish the journey of volume one, season four, Stranger Things, you will just sit back and think, how do human beings write this? How does someone write something with tie-ins and callbacks and stuff like that where you're just like, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I like what they did there. So I was worried that it was going to go full tilt horror and just like trying to scare the bejesus out of us every episode. And instead, I look back on this, even, you know, story is king. I, so I look back on the season, and the story is what I will remember, not the new way that people have bad things happen to them. And I would make a maybe another stretch comparison, but in a similar way that Squid Game I found deeply disturbing and overly violent, and I wish that they had dialed that stuff down. And I know others will say, no, but you had to do it for the shock value, whatever. I wish they could have done with less of that. But what I remember most of Squid Game is the story. In so many moments where you're like, "What? Is, how are they going to get out of this? And then there's a climactic scene in Squid Game at the end of that season where you're thinking, oh, really? Well, I didn't see that coming. Okay. I'm excited now. Yeah. Because I was you... like, yeah, I, I haven't gotten past the first episode because it was so intense. Yep. And I felt yeah. the same way you did after watching the first episode. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to dabble. I don't know if I'm going to commit to like. Commit, Donna. But then Rumi was like, oh my gosh, it was so good. I never know if, if I see someone's review of something. I never know if that then creates the thought in my head. But I saw someone randomly on an Instagram story say, the writing in season four is so great. So then I was looking out for it. So I think my radar was up, I guess, but maybe I would have thought this anyway, but I I did. I just thought this is really 
solid screenwriting. Okay. Where, again, it's like no wasted words. It's clever. And Lou was even pointing out, they do a really good job of moments of levity in Stranger Things, even in dire circumstances where the Duffer Brothers, the creators, it's like they know. They know that you can only handle so much. You need a laugh. You need somebody not taking something that they probably should take more seriously, not so seriously. So they do a good job of that, of giving you some reprieve so that you can giggle a little bit, catch your composure before things start to turn up again. But, man, really, really dug I'm just hoping there's a little, I know this is going to sound terrible, but some kind of revenge on the, the bully girl. That's my hope. Donna. You want Why don't you just watch the next episode? Well, I just think she's been really mean to Eleven that I want Eleven to get her powers back in place and to take care of business. Just to let her go. Oh, yeah? How do you like me now? Donna. (laughs) I want her to stick up for herself. Why don't you watch episode two tonight? Okay, I will. And and you'll at least get more tension in the storyline that you're referencing. Okay. Great. I went back and started watching 1883, which is the prequel to Yellowstone, because I had forgotten about it. And I thought of it yesterday when I was like just looking to see what's what's on. And I was like, oh, hi, I totally abandoned this. I abandoned that. I abandoned hacks. I have to go back and watch. Um, This is a really good story, too. This is a really, really good series. I like it. I don't think we need seven prequels and sequels and all that because there's one coming out called Six Six Six. Mm, yes, six, that's right. I think it's just three sixes. Is it? Oh no, sixty six, sixty six. You're right. And then there's another one, and it's like, okay, slow down. Let Jeez. me ask you a question about uh, 1883. Do you already know of a character named Alina or Alina? Maybe I might just be forgetting. Okay. This is a girl that I went to college with. And then she gets this, I think, I think, I haven't, I haven't watched it yet. There's I think Elsa. a big pivotal role. Elsa is the main protagonist in this. I just, boom, I just put a link in there for you. Click on that link. New York posted an article on her oh, no a couple way. of months ago. Stop um, it. But uh, yeah, she was a girl who was in like uh, at Azusa Pacific University with me back in college in, um, in the theater program she was in. And she's doing... Quite well. So even if you don't know her yet, look out for her, because I think she plays a meaningful role in this season. Okay. Okay. It's just a really interesting story, because it's just centered on this caravan of, I'm sure Dawn can probably relate it to some video game. Oh! Oregon Trail? Yes, that one. So they're moving through the Great Plains, and they're really eager to reach Oregon, but everybody's going for a different reason. Don't Every, get dysentery. That that there's it's the biggest killer in Oregon Trail. There's yeah. that. There's snake bites. There's people getting shot. There's um, being eaten by wild animals. All sorts of stuff. But I have to say, I am very impressed by Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. This is something that they I wasn't this. really into Yellowstone, but when I saw that this was coming out and it's a prequel, so I didn't need to know anything about Yellowstone. Right. I thought, I will watch that. Because it's think, Faith Hill as well. Yes. Right? And they play a married couple with a family. Love them. Yes. And, you know, I've seen her in something a time or two, and she was fine. Like, she was fine in The Stepford Wives. 
Tim has shown a little bit more grit, some more versatility, I think. And he does a great job in this show. Was he in Friday Night Lights? Yes. Okay, that's where the I remember. Movie. Yep. Yeah, I was very impressed with he him He was the that. mean dad. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So good. So uh, Tom Hanks was in the latest episode that I just saw. Is that right? Yes. Um, Sam Elliott is in it. He oh, lives there. Mustache. Yes, <laughs> he lives Didn't there. He just, time travel? he just hangs out in he the world. He was just caught world. on surveillance footage. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so funny. It's very good. If you're looking for something and you like that genre, I highly recommend. And that's the one I watched Little Yellowstone and wasn't um, vibing with it the way that I wanted to. So some folks have recommended try this and then you might. Here's the problem that you might have with it, Steve. The pacing might be a little too slow for you because they deliberately tell a story in a very specific way. And they take their time and they're not afraid to take their time. If that's something that you have no patience for. No, I can get there. I just have to know that going in. It helps, you know? Yeah. Okay. If I know that ahead of time, then I sort of downshift. It's kind of like when I would watch The Crown. It was like, look, this ain't Fast and the Furious. All right. We're going (laughs) to slow down. We're going to enjoy the slow burn. So if I know that going in. You know, it's funny. I... That never even occurred to me during The Crown. It never felt slow to me. Hmm. And that probably... I was very interested in the material. Like, very interested. So maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. I used to just look at the lamps, all the lamps. Next next time you watch The Crown, when they're inside. There's a lot of dust and fog. Oh, I love a good lamp. <laughs> and they have so many lamps in these rooms. I love lamp. <laughs> we gotta we go. should get that as a drop. Where we <laughs> I know, we that? should. All right, uh, when we come back, if you see something, you should say something. Well, speaking of the royal family, there was a big performance of a uh, classic song, Sweet Caroline. It was not, uh, you know, what's his name? Neil, Neil Diamond. Diamond. Neil no, Diamond did not sing there. this. Somebody else did, and apparently people reacted rather strongly. We'll tell you who sang it, what the internet had to say. When we come back, it is Don and Steve on my talk. Hello, good morning. Everything that I've been dealing with. Donna and Steve on my talk 1071. Where talk is fun. And you said it. Where if you see something, you should probably say something, right? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Hey, if you see something, say something. Oh, that is catchy, huh? Time for If You See Something, Say Something with Donna and Steve. If you see something, say something. Come on and party tonight. All right, so the Queen's Jubilee was going on this Jubilee. weekend. All right, fine. Jubilee. And uh, apparently Prince George stole the show on Saturday night at the uh, Party at the Palace concert. And he was singing along to Rod Stewart's version of the Neil Diamond classic, Sweet Caroline. He joined in at the like group participation parts. Super cute. Very fun. Very fun. Uh, and here's the thing. Yeah. Mm, people weren't too excited about Rod Stewart singing Sweet Caroline. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know why. He did something a little uh, different to it. Here, listen to what it sounded like. Just a moment. Hands. 
fine. That's great. That's fine. fine. Yeah, sounds... You don't want it to be Rod Stewart doing karaoke of Neil he's Diamond. He's not Neil Diamond. Yeah, you just got to do it. I think old. you just have to do it different. And so is Neil Diamond. Yeah. So I Let guess. Let go. I mean, I, I thought it was fine. A lot of people didn't like it. I'm not exactly sure why, but Rod said he sang it because the BBC made him do it. Oh. So they were like, okay. So he didn't exactly defend his performance there. This is the song you're going to sing. So, whatever. Everyone, like I said before, keep waiting in the wind. Yeah, getting ready to pounce. Remember those mugs? (laughs) Hot for a while. Ten years ago. You couldn't you couldn't walk a mile without crossing someone wearing a keep calm and carry on T-shirt, seeing a sign hung in a store, a coffee mug, a keychain. They still doing that? I bet they're still making hand over fist. Uh, oh, for sure, yeah. absolutely. When it gets into other areas of like keep calm and drink wine, I'm like, okay. You're not as big a fan of that. Yeah, because there are a lot of derivatives of the keep calm. Because the whole thing started, it was like a a saying that the Queen's or King said during the war, Mm. right? It was a wartime thing. Are you suggesting that suburban moms hijacked this at some point? Yeah, and made like, keep calm and wear depends or whatever it (laughs) is. It just gets (laughs) stupid. Hey, speaking of the war, may I? Yeah. Today is the 78th anniversary of D-Day, which right. marked the beginning of the liberation of Europe and the restoration of peace. Um, so I just wanted to make sure we acknowledge that and never forget those who served that day. Yeah, so. A day of incredible, incredible bravery. <sighs> oh, my gosh. You know what yes. I mean? Unbelievable. Yeah. 160,000 troops. From Britain, the U.S., Canada, and elsewhere. Um, and it I, remains the largest, here's how they would describe it, the largest amphibious military invasion in history. Mm. Coming in right from the water. Uh, by the way, uh, here's a little something I saw this morning in the Morning Brew newsletter that I read. If you're uh, ever feeling stressed out, they say, consider the pressure on Dwight D. Eisenhower, who was overseeing the operation. He smoked four packs of Camel cigarettes per day in the lead-up to D-Day. The future president later quit by filling his pockets with cigarettes and handing them out to other smokers, which gave him a feeling of accomplishment. Huh. <laughs> okay. You do you. That's right, man. Uh, what's this Disney proposal? Oh, man, I feel bad. I feel bad for this couple. You know, sometimes there's just a hard charger employee. You know, Jimmy Rule follower who just doesn't read the room or the context. You know, rules are made to be broken, right? Every now and again. The right situation is there. This happened Disneyland Paris. Uh, there was a guy who was there. He took his girlfriend up onto a stage in front of Sleeping Beauty Castle. He gets down on one knee. But right in the middle of his proposal, out of nowhere, an employee in Mickey Mouse ears sprinted. I mean, closing speed was hot. This guy should go to the NFL Combine real fast. <laughs> Sprints on stage. Runs in between the guy and the girl and snags the ring out of the guy's hand. Rude. And then tells them, and then he just quickly shuffles down the steps and then starts ushering him them down like, nope, get off the stage. I'm not, come on, you got to get down, off the stage. There's a video of it actually too that's floating around. I'll post it up on the show links page. Apparently, the guy who 
was proposing had asked a different Disney employee if it was okay. And she said, yeah, go for it. You know, no one's up on stage. It's a once in a lifetime. Yeah, go ahead. Near the end of the video, you can actually see the guy point at someone off camera and say, she said it was okay. Then the Mickey Mouse guy tells him proposing in front of the stage will be even better. That's not true. The visual was better if they were up on stage. And I get it. Disney doesn't want proposals up on stage, so they want to nip that in the bud. But that feels like a rope that you could put up right after. They're, he's on one knee. He's mid-proposal. Oh, no. Disney put out a statement about it, and they said that they have apologized to the couple. They regret how it was handled. This is going to be and me. they've cat offered video to festival. make it right. <laughs> What are you planning to do at Cat Video Festival? I'm just going to tackle whoever's proposing in front, you know, dressed with their cat ears on. Donna, no. Oh, no, you don't. Not on our <laughs> night. This is a station event. Which, by the way, is Thursday, August 4th at uh, CHS Field. Give everybody the details. Oh, how do you pronounce this pet food? Oh, it's presented by Origin Pet Foods. Oh, I like the way And our buddy, uh, David with First Equity. And new this year... We're going to introduce a spokes kitty, so you could nominate your cat for this honor. Cool. And then send us a photo. Don, if somebody goes to my talk's website, which is mytalk1071.com, what keyword should they put in? Thanks for asking, buddy boo. Cat. Easy as that. Cat. Cat. All right, well, that's going to do it for Don McLean today. DMAC is out. She's training in a new How's producer, Heidi too. Heidi doing? She's doing an excellent job. I'm so impressed. Yay, Heidi Haas for Boss. Is her last name? She did the whole morning show. She ran the board. Wow. And she is um, feeling like, because she's a perfectionist, I don't know anybody oh. like that, but <laughs> she made like one little mistake, and now she's like, oh, oh, oh I should have yeah. done that. Terrible. No. But she's... At doing such a great job. I'm so Yay, happy. She Heidi. has a whole notebook with printed things in it that she's been taking notes. It's excellent. Oh, girl after our own heart. That's right. Yeah, but let us give <laughs> Heidi some advice, Donna, as she comes into the My Talk family. Do what the on-air talent does, which is we are not perfectionists. We have low expectations of ourselves, and so if something goes awry, it is what it is. That's right. Yeah. We'll never yell at you. Yeah. Just so you know. I might. Dawn, we'll we'll no, I'm Dawn. just kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, thank you, Heidi. Thank you, Dawn. Bye. DJ Rock Lobster coming in next with the dirt.